Welcome to another exciting episode of Grill. How long stick, mister? 15 minutes. 15 minutes, thank you. Uh, this is episode number 28. We have made it. Uh, yeah, we are recording uh, in Seattle, Washington on South Lake Union, coming to you from Studio 212. This is a production of the Soundcasting Network. I think so. I am your host, uh, Bobby R. Stills, across from me. The, port, the Puerto Rican who's always leaking. Johnny Tsunami. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you liked that. What's, that's your gamer tag or some shit, isn't that's it? That's my everything right now. That's, that's my everything. <laughs> I thought, thought Sarah was your everything. She is. She is. Right, I guess I can use her name. I can't use my lady's name. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome back, folks. I am happy. We're going to be on time again this week. Thanks to who? Big Keith. Big Keith. Say what up, Keith. He's pretty tired tonight. He's got off of that long shift. How how long was that shift you had at work today? Short. Oh, short shift. Short shift long. Short shift in the kitchen is like still eight hours. Eight hours, yep. Right. All right. Uh, work updates. You got anything new and juicy? New and juicy? No. Father's Day is coming up this weekend. We're getting ready for that. Other than that, chilling. Uh, I heard you hooked up the homie with uh, the reservations at a chop shop for Father's Day. I did. You know, my co-host, Bobby Stills. That's me. Wants to bring his lady and her father in for Father's Day. That's right. Closest thing to a father I got. <laughs> Shout out, Double G. So I'll make sure everything's nice and right. I hope so. Come out and do all that, you know, slappy dappy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to make sure you wear that clean, crisp white chef coat. I don't wear coats at work. I know. You wear that, that t-shirt with the sweat stains on it. Always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, work update for me. Um, you know, we'll be getting into this later in the show, but that turnover, though. It's crazy. You know, in, in out with the old, in with the new. So training a lot of people, uh, trying to get it right. Some people have dropped some days. Mm. You know, we're trying to balance it out, though. We got, a, we got the homie, uh, Jason, uh, he wants to be a guest on the show. I think I told him I'd bring him in. Uh, he wants to, the only reason he's coming in, once again, you got somebody hitting you up. He'll be hearing this because he listens. He wants to promote his pop up. Oh. So it's not like, yo, homie, got to come through and be on your show just because he likes the show. But he's like, I got to self promote. I got a pop up <laughs> coming up. I said, sure, buddy. Anything to make you happy there, chief. <laughs> So he's back on the day shift. He's went from day shift to night shift. Now he's back to days. Uh, worked with him. And uh, apparently he forgot how busy we get during the day because we got slapped. Got, we got rocked. So what is good? We handled it. Good. So it's all good. We're shifting around some stuff. And uh, your boy's got a management shift, which is uh, whoa, whoa. keep it nice and crispy. There you go. Keep it light. Keep it fun. Keep that morale up. You know, that's all I can do. That's how we're gonna do. Uh, that's work updates. Nice, quick, sweet. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, your uh, chef owner was on uh, King Five. Yeah, she was on King Five on uh, Evening Magazine. Evening Magazine. Yeah. Yes, where the chefs eat. Where do the chefs eat? Uh, she went to a couple really good places. Uh, she went to what's what's the sushi place? I've never been there. So well, I just ate there last week. It's Nashino. Nashino. Yeah. Uh, now my girlfriend and her family. I guess that is one of their favorite spots. It is located in Madison Park. It's a really great neighborhood. Neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, of Seattle, and uh, they told me about it. They said their fa- their favorite. I had never been there. I went. I was quite impressed. That's dope. It was very good. Dope. It wow. looked, the food looked great when I saw it on the on the show. Yeah, so. I enjoyed it. It was for her mother's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, uh, Mama Bear! 
Yeah, Mama Bear. We yeah, call her Mama Bear. It was, it was great. She's good peoples. Uh, delicious. And then, uh, so that was funny. Yeah, uh, and that was her favorite place. The one of her that was her favorite place. That to was eat, her right? favorite place. Yeah, she loves getting sushi there. And then she went to one of her her next favorite spot, which is um, Solare by Chef Eduardo Jordan. That's right. We just talked about your boy uh, last week. He's uh, a beast. I got to chat with him for a few minutes at King's Hardware in Ballard. Lucky. He was a nice gentleman. Uh, he was cool. He was you know, he was cool. He's a, he's very inspiring to me. You know, <laughs> for real. It's like it's tough to make. He's not it. Puerto Rican. He's not, but it's tough to make it as a person of color in a city full of white people. I so. thought he was younger than what he is. You know, he looks really young. Yeah, but he's he's blown up. He's got he's got kids and family and stuff like that. He's, yeah, he's good dude from right here. Yeah. Uh, what was the third spot she went to? You know. Oh, it was Oaxaca de. Uh, oh, Cantina de Oaxaca. Cantina de yeah, Oaxaca and Lower Ballard, which I've been to, and she said that's the most authentic Mexican food you're getting in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, Go ahead and say that's false. <laughs> it's good though. They have a really good uh, black mole and their um, what you call it? That's the soup that the you get. What you call it? The garbanzo. I believe that's soup. a candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she got a real. I can't remember what the soup is called off the top of my head. It's the most basic soup. Pasole. That's what pasole, it is. Yeah, that's so right. They have a really good pasole there as well. She uh, she looked good. She's very cute. I remember that one day. She uh, got style. I remember that one day she came out was talking smack. We were all looking at the <laughs> the, Ferraris. the Ferraris. And she said, you boys are never going to get a Ferrari by standing there looking at it, get back inside to go to work. And we still wouldn't get one. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was cool. Uh, check it out on King 5. Uh, I, were you on there? Did I see you? No. Those were a couple buddies of mine. Buster. Unfortunately. They they filmed during the night shift. And I'm. No. Nah, they didn't want you there. They made sure to make you go do uh, some stuff in the walk-in. When they well, they got, my, they got my buddy Alan on on there so there, there's one minority in there oh snap I know somebody else that works at your job I wanted to bring up uh, Knucklehead I'm trying to think most likely know who they are uh, I'll talk to you off air for sure okay uh, real quick we wanted to touch on what we were talking about last week uh, we didn't have time to get to it uh, in our ongoing feud between who? Who are the who are the two who are the two contenders, Johnny? So in the red corner, the red corner, we have Guy Fieri fighting out of where? Uh, someplace, Flavor Town, USA. Flavor Town, USA. <laughs> fighting out of Flavor Town, USA. Oh, we have Guy Fieri in the bleach colored trunks, and then uh, in the blue corner. With the um, with the black trunks, I guess. Yeah, right. It'll be uh, Anthony Bourdain. He's hailing from Brooklyn, right? Yes, from Brooklyn. Is he from Brooklyn? Um, probably not. But <laughs> yeah, we like to cover their feud uh, here on Grow How Long Sake, Mister. And he, he really has some beef with him. Yeah. Uh, well, he just likes to talk shit. I think he just don't really care. Yeah, true. But uh, in a cover story for Ad Week that came out two weeks ago, because we were supposed to cover this last week, mm-hmm. um, he touches on all sorts of things, but. Uh, uh, he says about <laughs> Guy Fieri that he deserves being to ma- be made fun of. Yeah, he kind of brings it upon himself. I, you can tell by his hair, you know, for starters. <laughs> you can't shit on somebody. That's like shit on somebody for their man buns, dog. <laughs> I hate man buns. Oh, I've learned to lay off the man buns. Because <laughs> in the kitchen, man, it looks a little bit more professional than That's a true. hairnet or having your hair all, like, you know, I don't know. Long hair, don't care. Ponytails, come on, man. Yeah. So I'm trying to try JP. to <laughs> shout out JP the butcher. Uh, yeah, and he also said that he's a uh, he's bad for the business. Yeah. He gives uh, chefs a bad name. Well, yeah, because he uh, he puts this mentality of gluttony, you know, and that you have to continuously consume and get all these like this twelve egg omelet or the <laughs> you know. 
just the burger infused with more burger and cheese inside. Well, yeah, I just hate how he he. I dislike how he. Tell, I think he's a character. Oh, totally. I think he's funny. Uh, terrible, terrible cook. Terrible. Would you even call him a chef? No, definitely not. Well, he's the boss of somebody, <laughs> so technically he's a chef. Uh, but I don't like how he uh eats this food and explains to people that this is good food. That yeah. this is supposed to taste delicious. Everything covered in cheese, and that's what makes it delicious. So, I don't think so. Yeah, and there's good diner food, but he goes to some pretty shitty diners. Yeah, Anthony Bourdain also says he's not with the times, and he's a square. <laughs> so uh, check out that uh, story in Ad Week. Uh, he also touches on uh, gluten-free diets and celiac disease, mm-hmm. which is also uh, also fun to make fun of. Yeah. Uh, he talks about ugly Americans traveling abroad. Expand- changing. Yeah, he says they're getting better. Um, he talks about uh, selling out. Talks about boycotting Chick-fil-A. Yeah, you know, I haven't heard much about that, but I guess the owner said some unsavory comments. Yes, uh, I've been knowing this for years. Uh, yeah, he doesn't like the gays. Uh-huh. But that's what <laughs> Anthony Bourdain says. It's like, look, Anthony Bourdain had a good point, and he says that, you know, half the restaurants you go eat at, uh, the owners of those places or the investors there probably are gun nuts, uh, right wing, and hate the gays too. But you're not going there because of their opinions. You're going there because they have good food. So he said he has not had the pleasure of eating Chick-fil-A. But if it's good chicken, he's probably going to eat there. No, I agree. Smart man. Uh, They also asked him what he has in his pantry. He says macaroni and cheese, right? All day, every day. All day, every day. Yeah, he says uh, he also has uh, fresh mozzarella or burrata. And always got to keep that heavy cream on deck. Which I am with that, man. My girlfriend looks at me like, you know... That's why you weigh too much. I can't do the heavy cream anymore. I gotta have that butter and that cream, man. <laughs> I mean, it's good just to toss in anything. You oh, yeah, cream too. anything, uh, pasta sauces, baking, whatever, man. Coffee, Flavor Town, Flavor Town, USA. <laughs> here we come. All right, now, uh, now that we're over that, we'll keep you guys updated uh, on that that upcoming fight. It's going to be held on pay per view, I believe. <laughs> Hosted by HBO. On the Ocho, I think. <laughs> Which one would be on the money team? <laughs> mm, Guy Fury. Guy Fury would definitely yeah. be on the money team. Yeah. All hey, right. Grill, how long steak mister? Dude, way too fast. Way too fast? Dude, it's literally been like uh, five minutes. I'm a little too fast. Are you stunned? No. What did I tell you about that, John? <laughs> You're smoking too much of that devil's lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, um, Johnny, what are we talking about today on the show? Today we are talking about brunch. Everything brunch. Everything and anything brunch? Everything and anything. That's a big, long, long, long conversation. Yeah, no, it is. But we're going to whittle it down. Um, as you guys all know, I cook brunch for a living, and uh, it is hell. And (laughs) (laughs) it's a difficult service. You know, you're never actually fully set when you get there. Um, You're always scrambling. There's always people waiting outside the door just to get in. Wait lines. Yeah. And you're just like, we're not ready. You see, we're not ready. Um, But anyway, yeah. So we're going to talk about everything brunch, Uh, eggs. You know, the, you always want to talk about eggs. Man. I love eggs, man. Yeah, I know. You're always wanting to do like ingredient of the week. You want to do eggs. And I talked to Halal about this, too. She was like eggs. And I was like, the fuck. Is that, can you be any broader? <laughs> like, I want to do an entire episode on eggs of Grill on St. Mister on just eggs. OK, they're the most versatile thing to cook with. That's true. I have not yet mastered eggs. I don't think anybody in the world has yet mastered 
the incredible edible egg. Why did you frown? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to give a little history of brunch. Do you mind, Johnny? Please. Enlighten. Uh, do you know the history? I, I mean, I knew one part of uh, the history of uh, brunch, but uh, I've got the entire history here written down on my handy-dandy trusty notes. <laughs> Give it to us. All right. So it originated in the UK. Uh, it was before it was known as uh, before it was brunch. It was known as the hunter's breakfast, mm-hmm. and uh, servants would prepare uh, some of the food that they had caught from the hunt for them. So the hunters would get up in the morning. They'd have a small uh, breakfast. They'd go out and they'd hunt. They would come back and they would want to eat some of their fresh catch. So they'd get a small portion and they'd usually have some leftovers from lunch that was cooked for that was cooked while they were gone out hunting. And they would mix it with some of the fresh stuff that they came in. Uh, what was the word that we learned today? Uh, Pomperdue. <laughs> Popperdell? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but they would uh, mix some of the new, the fresh stuff with the old breakfast, and they would eat that kind of for lunch uh, because mostly what they had caught, they would also prepare for dinner. Uh, but they would want to try some of it fresh. So it was originally known as the Hunter's Breakfast. Uh, now, the United States origin of this uh, well-known uh, meal of the day uh, dates back to 1869 in New York. And it was known as the varsity meal. Okay. Uh, do you know why it was the? Because it's only for uh, senior people. <laughs> the old people? No, like, you know, executives and whatnot. Uh, well, no, it was known as the varsity meal for uh, wealthy, hungover college students. Oh, okay. So these are the kids that could afford to miss breakfast because uh, they were getting drunk all night. And they would go and be like, look, fool. I don't care you're not serving breakfast. I don't care you're not serving lunch. I want you to combine those two <laughs> things and make me uh, my varsity meal full. Uh, now, there are three different phases of brunch that we have gone through in the past, uh, I don't know, over 100 years. Uh, phase one, uh, it became popular around uh, 1920, and it was popular among the rich during Prohibition. Mm. Uh, that's where the day drinking came in. Yeah, for sure. I can so, feel that. So they like to get up, they like to get drunk, and they would eat uh, pretty much all day. Uh, and Mary. Yes. Uh, phase two came in around 1950, um, and day drinking was the norm then. Yeah. You know, housewives were doing it. Uh, so it became popular uh, with the housewives because the housewives would cook breakfast for their families, and then they would like to sit around and uh, have a couple of mimosas or I don't know what they drank back in the 1950s, but uh, they would sit around gossip. Probably summer shandies or something like that. No idea. Man. No <laughs> idea. I have to talk to my one of my grandfathers or whatever, but they're both uh, passed away. God bless the dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, so the housewives would get together with other housewives and gossip in between breakfasts. And lunch. Sounds about right. So before they had, after they cooked breakfast for their family, they'd get together, snack on some stuff, um, and then they would cook lunch for their families. Um, Yeah. And then phase three began in the 80s. And that's when people started having a little bit more disposable income and they were traveling a lot more. And that's where you started to see um, a lot of the hotel and the brunch buffets come in. So people were out traveling a lot. They weren't waking up early. They didn't have to go to work. They were on vacation so they could sleep in and they weren't ready to eat lunch. 
Got them, them late risers. But they wanted their bakey and eggs. Gotta so, have it. Gotta have it. Um, and right now they say we're in the beginning of phase four, which right now people are starting to call it the asshole and signs of gentrification. The uh, fancy brunch? The fancy brunch. But I feel like that's the future, you know? And then we need that. Onward and upward. Do right? we need that? No, because that was one of the points that I was going to bring up is um, I've had a lot of people come up to me and they ask me, like, what's the future in brunch? Like, you can't go anywhere in the culinary world if you cook brunch. And I just look at them and I'm like, well, can you make a sunny egg? Perfect. You know, white bottoms, white tops. No. Okay. Well, then why don't you come cook brunch and then you can learn how to cook an egg and then we can talk. <laughs> All gold everything. You know what I'm saying? But... It's, it's just really annoying because people make really, really amazing food on brunch. And it doesn't have to be just because it's a pancake doesn't mean that it can't be. People don't look at it like that. They don't look like, you know, they look at dinner that way. But why why can't you look at breakfast that way as an appetizer? I mean, I look, I look at brunch that way. I mean, I don't know who you're talking to. I don't think <laughs> who, I don't appreciate the tone of voice or the way you're staring at me like this. Dude, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> I appreciate I'm serious this, about this. I don't know, man. Uh, Skillet Diner here in Seattle has uh, they do some pretty savory uh, stuff for brunch that I'm on. They do. Um, they do. Actually, um, there's a place in New York City called Invite Only. Yes. And they have a sick breakfast sandwich. Is it Invite Only? Uh, no, it's just called Invite Only. That's a pretty good name. But, it is. but that's the point in what they're saying with this new phase of uh, fancy, brunches, yeah. is fancy brunches. Is that if you go to any neighborhood and you got a brunch and you're paying over $20 for a brunch, it's a gentrified area. That's true. No, but you know, you're taking all, it's happening here. But the Seattle. unfortunate thing is if you're not in a gentrified area and you're getting a brunch, then you're not getting brunch. You're just getting <laughs> breakfast. Diner, yeah, diner breakfast food. <laughs> it's where they, it's where they got that that lunch that lunch menu and that yeah, breakfast exactly. menu. Weren't we talking about annoying menus? <laughs> you know, got, it was like, why is it five pages long? <laughs> yeah, just like why? sandwiches and then a page for soups. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. I'm I'm into brunch. I'm always into brunch. You know me. Um, I think that we need to move past this stigma. You know that the whole brunch is not anything. There's no future in it or anything like that. Another thing is a lot of people don't like to work the hours of brunch. They're like, I want to wake up at seven in the morning. Oh, seven. I mean that. That's there, late there for me. Six. I mean, making biscuits yeah, and stuff exactly. by hand. All your pastries. Well, I have a pastry chef. Fortunately, yeah, you're lucky. But uh, if I didn't, I would. I used to do that when I worked at Rue. Now there's a bunch of places out there that they order out. You know, they have oh, other yeah. places make their stuff for them. And then they put on the menu that it's made it's in house. Like, yeah. I know a lot of places, um, a lot of chefs that have their recipes and they outsource their recipes to different places. So technically it still is theirs, but it's just not made in house because they don't have um, the space to produce. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's rewind real quick. I hate to take it off the subject of uh, our brunch, but this kind of ties into what you just said. Have you seen the first episode of Chef's Table season I two? You were talking to me about it and I was Holy too tired. Holy shit balls. <laughs> uh, I recommend everybody go seeing it, but the reason why that reminded me of that is because uh, when uh, Grant, how do you say his last name? Uh, I it's, don't know. I always say Assage, but it's Atkins, <laughs> whatever, uh, from Alinea, who I think just ranked number three in world's uh, 50 best restaurants. Yeah. Uh, but he worked for Thomas Keller at French Laundry, okay. uh, the original one. Uh, in California, and uh, he put something, he had showed him something to put on the menu, and he goes, you know if I put this on the menu, 
this becomes a Thomas Keller dish <laughs> and you can never serve it anywhere else. <laughs> and so that's the thing about it is, is like if you were to outsource, if you give your recipe to somebody and outsource it, they don't get to take credit and they can't sell it to anybody else. Yeah. So you can't take their recipe. So you got to pay them a pretty and, penny. That's right. And they can't sell it to any other restaurants. Well, sometimes in this industry you have homies, you know, homie hookup, homie hookups. There's been plenty of stuff I have. I'm not going to name any names or anything like that, but there's a couple of different recipes I have around. You know, you worked at one place where I have a recipe on the menu. I do. I knew. Yeah. And I was like, that's mine. And I, <laughs> and I worked at a restaurant and put it on the menu. And then that chef left there and went to the new place and took that with them. And I was like, you're just going to put that on every menu, aren't you? Yep. And then they keep it on their menu. Exactly. Once, once you give it to the chef, it's over. Yeah, I still make it. I still make that dish every once in a while. People are always like, oh, money. And it's so easy to do. All right. So anyway, back on brunch, Johnny, what else we got? Well, I was going to see like, where do you like to eat when you go to brunch? Like what's some of your favorite spots around the city? Uh, I'm a fan of Coastal Kitchen up on 15th, Yeah, which my friend Jake Height just moved back from Vietnam and I have not seen his ass yet, but he's working up there. Uh, but they do diff- they tour different areas of Europe. Yeah, they always have a uh, select region that they're going through. Exactly. They do Basque Country. Mm -hmm. They do Spain. They do Portugal. They do Brazil. Um, So it's always changing. Uh, That's always fun. And so you can drive by, and they got their little sign hanging out front. And they stay along the coast, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. But that's a good theory. Yeah. I'm going to check into that for our listeners because uh, I feel like I owe them that to right. get that correct. Uh, I like their, I like Skillet. It's pretty good. It's, it's close to my house. Uh, Portage Bay. Yeah, Portage Bay is good. It's also one of my favorite I'm not places. A, the biggest fan of Portage Bay. I think they're a little bit overpriced for the quality of food that you're getting. I do agree. That buffet they got there is hecka overpriced. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. So, But it's all delicious. Yeah. So it, it's not, and that's the problem too. Uh, we talked about this about, you know, uh, last week about fine dining mm-hmm. versus. Um, Guess you could say quality versus quantity. Yeah, exactly. I don't care how much I pay sometimes, but the, I, I want to be full and I want it to taste delicious. Yeah. So now I can go down the street to Five Point Cafe, not to shit on them. But I know what I'm paying for. Yeah, and always. I know that I'm going to be full and I know it's what it's going to taste like. It's not fancy, but it's filling. And it most of the time tastes delicious. That's true. I like to play. So, well, some of my favorite spots, um, I really like to go to the Fat Hen on uh, 70th in yeah. Ballard. We talked about that before. Place is bomb. They do uh, brunch five days a week. And uh, they have everything from your egg bakes, which is kind of like a shashuka. We've talked about this before. <laughs> And, uh, you know, all the regular basic brunch stuff, poached eggs and whatnot. Um, I also really like going to um, Hattie's Hat. Hattie's Hat's fun. You know? It's good. It's good hangover. Would you call that brunch? I mean, when you go at noon. But they're not (laughs) serving brunch. They're serving breakfast. Yeah, I guess. So technically that doesn't count as brunch, sir. I guess you're right. Shame. 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 Boom, boom, boom. Well, you know, to be honest with you then, then there's not too many brunch spots in Seattle. There's, uh, there's, and this is another point is that a lot of night, the nicer restaurants that we have here in Seattle and for this fact, all over the United States, they're trying to jump in the brunch game It's true because the potential to make money there is it's huge. Eggs are relatively cheap um, to get a case of eggs, which is roughly, I want to say 200 eggs. No, 
Yeah. It's nine dollars. No. <laughs> Do you tell us some secret stuff? Uh, now, what you're doing with those eggs, the price goes up and up and up. And then fresh fruit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nothing. Oh, glows is their breakfast food. But I mean, that that is that considered brunch? You know, I feel like see doesn't count. You know, there's see, I feel like people are confusing the things, and they're like, it's when you can, it's when you combine lunch and well, yeah. Food. What's the word? It's brunch. No, no, no. The word that we learned earlier. Oh, my God. I told you to put it in the Google Translator. It is in the Google Translator, but it's on my phone. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So the lines have been drawn in the sand, man. Okay. The thing about it is, to technically, to be brunch, you have to combine. It's a portmanteau or some shit like that. <laughs> it's a it's a medley. It's like a it's like a mixture of yeah the stuff. definition. So that's kind of where the term the the brunch that's the the technical term for brunch. But you're combining kind of lunch dishes and breakfast dishes. So those technically wouldn't be brunch spots because they're serving only breakfast food. Yeah, it's just tough for me because then there's the whole fact like you're eating breakfast at lunchtime. (laughs) Well, I mean, once I became an adult and I started cooking cooking for myself, I decided I could have breakfast for dinner. And then I started eating cereal for dinner. (laughs) Do you call that brainer? (laughs) Brainer? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Um, Also, uh, what I wanted to touch on with you about brunch is this disconnect between your dinner service staff and your brunch staff what do you mean when will the madness stop oh between a.m and p.m yeah you know when everyone realizes that we're all getting screwed like (laughs) there's nobody who's getting screwed more than the other person yeah we're all being fucked equally equally and there's always this battle like oh a.m crew prepped this much and p.m crew used it all and then they're like a.m crew didn't prep enough i think night crew works harder though i mean Brunch, brunch gets their ass handed to them. Yeah, but it's it's over a shorter period of time. That's true, but at the same time, I feel like with brunch, when especially when you look at the numbers, is most of those sales are food sales, and at dinner, I would say you know maybe sixty percent are liquor that sales. Alki, yeah, alki huh? So yeah, they might be working a little bit but harder. They're slinging hella alcohol in the morning, man. I mean, bloody marys, maybe, but. That bottomless mimosa. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's just tight. Who's got the bo- the best bottomless mimosa in town? Do you know? I don't know. You know I'm not a big drinker. I, I mean, like Paragon's got, I think it's a $25 one up on top of Queen Anne. Yeah, we do one similar, and you get um whatever juice you want, and we'll fresh squeeze it for you. Mm. And you can be like, oh, I want that kale juice. Say that one more time. Uh, We'll squeeze the fresh juices for you. Kale juice? Kale juice. Whatever you want. How many people come in there and order kale juice? Man, it's Capitol Hill, bro. Everybody orders fucking kale juice. (laughs) Uh, My lady friend, she's on that juice tip. Every time we go to um, Wondering Goose. Oh, on, that place. on 15th, yeah. which is delicious. Now, that'd be considered a brunch Definitely spot that's all day, every day. Okay, well, so, so let's bring it back here. If you're going to be considered a brunch spot then, then you have to basically have an established dinner, right? Yes. And then you're like, oh, wait, I'll open up on the weekends. Yeah. For a couple hours to make some extra money. And I, then you're considered brunch. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, uh, I don't I, like the, the disconnect. I hate the fucking brunch cruise. 
You know, I think that a lot they of think that they think that they're dope because and they they're can always cook, angry. But they think that they can cook. They oh, you guys can't handle brunch. That's why you're on dinner. Like you can't handle the rush. You can't make breakfast food. It's like no, you're a buster who's willing to get up early on the weekends. <laughs> you know, I I kind of see both. Sorry, sides shout out all my brunch homies out there, but right. you guys got suckered in to waking up early and cook food for all the people that were out having fun see, late night. But I think that's another misconception is a lot of the times or the people who are cooking brunch are the people who aren't necessarily focused on being in the culinary industry because they have second time gigs. A lot of them are like musicians or artists or whatever you want to say. So are you calling them lesser? Lesser of the cooking industry? I'm not saying anybody's lesser in the cooking industry, but I also have to say that. You're about to get some hate mail. Uh, That that email address is going to be grillhowlongsteakmister that's mr at uh, gmail.com and you can uh, just hit attention uh, Johnny Johnny Tsunami. Hey, that's fine. You know, I cook brunch and I know what it's like and I'm saying that, you know, when I've seen a lot of people, they're not as serious because they're like, it's brunch, you know, it's whatever, like blah, 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 blah. If you come to my restaurant, brunch is very fucking serious. I'm going to find out this Sunday. You will find out. It's very serious. We do not play around. We bang numbers. We just, we crush it (laughs) and it's all good. It's like if I could put edible flowers on my food, which I have With them before, tweezers, son. You know, we would do that, but it's not cost effective. So, but I will say that our brunch is fire. Hit us up, Chop Shop, Eleventh and Pike Street. <laughs> Self promotion. You know what I'm saying? But well, hey, Grill, how long on that steak? It's resting. So about four minutes, Chef. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So I will be letting you guys know next week about uh J- Jahani's uh brunch preparation i'll be sitting here sweating and uh yeah we we, we're gonna probably move back to this brunch discussion because uh (laughs) i'm sure we're gonna have a guest in here that's has heard the show and it's not gonna like what you just said about them oh is it gonna be one of my friends I don't know. Could be one of your friends. I'm not saying friends. it about could everybody. Be one of our That's just hating because then, you know, I could also say the same thing about Night Crew, too. <laughs> I got shit to talk about them. Yeah. Also, I actually do know a couple of head chefs who can't handle the brunch line. It's difficult. And it's not the same. It's mm-hmm. not the same type of food. The fire times are different. The whole setup is different. The line looks extremely different. That's another problem with... Uh, so when people come in there to your... These are people that don't work in the kitchen. And you come in there and you don't understand why it's... I don't know. You stop serving brunch at 2 o'clock, let's say. And they start up their dinner menu or whatever at 4. Yeah. Why you can't get brunch at 10 after. And it's because the line has totally been flipped. And it looks nothing like it doesn't resemble anything. For dinner. For dinner. No, no, not so, the same so nothing. Yeah, so nothing goes from that brunch menu to that dinner menu. So everything is completely stripped away, and they have a limited amount of time to rebuild that line and get it ready for a whole new service. And at my restaurant, we don't even have that time. We do happy hours straight at 3, and we open up for dinner at 5.30. Exactly. So keep that in mind, people, when you come in there, you want a bitch. Or you come in there at 10 minutes till brunch is over. Because those uh, those brunch cooks have just got, they've been there since early this morning. They've been getting their ass kicked all day. Uh, their servers are yelling at them because people, large groups too. Yeah. It's always large groups want to mob Six out brunch. More. I don't know why. Six or more. You know, they, maybe it's a house party. They all slept together, <laughs> you know. <had> <laughs> like, let's go get brunch. <laughs> Yo, 
dog. <laughs> Has anybody seen Kelly? <laughs> she was with Chad last night. Uh, just have him meet us at brunch. <laughs> Come tell him to meet us at the chop shop. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, and from there, we're going to be moving on, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, Johnny found a pretty cool article. Uh, who uh, wrote that article? Um, it is written by Donald Burns. And uh, he came out with this last month, um, May 2nd, 2016. And it is uh, entitled, The Five Reasons Why You're Actually Losing Your Staff. Um, and there's more than five. Oh, yeah. There's way more than but five. These but are these kind are, of the top ones. Yeah. So it goes on to say that um, in 2016, the turnover rate, so the turnover rate means um, how fast you're um, going through workers. So they're hiring and firing or quitting. And typically, typically people at a kitchen at a restaurant, two years is about usually about the max, right? It's the max. Yeah. And I if would you're say six months would if, be the minimum. Yeah. And a chef, usually a chef will stay there for, I want to say max five years. Five years is a good number, yeah. I mean, that's about the longest they'll stay there because if you're not, you know. Yeah, after five years, if you're not doing anything. If you're not, you're not getting anything. written up and you've turned that restaurant into a popping hot spot, you got to go. Yeah, right? Usually you'll get your own place, though. Somebody will invest in you. And yeah, you. If, if you get a popping like that, the owner of the restaurant will go ahead and go, yo, son, I, you've made me so much money here. I'm going to go ahead and let you flex your culinary skills. Shout out Little Bird in Portland. <laughs> Their chef just took over a really awesome place uh, called Taylor Railworks, and it's killing. Congratulations. What's it? Taylor Row? Taylor Railworks. Uh, oh, yeah. I've heard of that place. Yeah, I well, went there when I went congratulations. there. Congratulations. Yeah. But um, anyway, uh, so in 2016, the turnover rate was at 66.7%, which is relatively good, you know, a little bit over half. Not bad. Not bad. Um, compared to in 2007, when it was at 80.7%. Turnover rate, so that means people were just gone. No bueno. Yeah. So uh, there's also was a shortage of people too. Yeah, there's a shortage of people. Everyone's calling it the the war for talent. Um, everybody wants badass line cooks, ninjas. You and know? there's not. There's not. There's just, not. You got to train ninjas. You got to train ninjas. And everyone's like, they're like Johnny, Johnny. Why don't you just go call up some of your buddies? You know, you all talk about how you have these badass line cooks. And I'm like, they're sous chefs. Yeah, they're doing their thing. And they're not trying to come here for that bullshit pay. You exactly. Got and put up with the bullshit I'm putting up. And with. they don't want to work under me. Plus, well, also, it's like, you know, they want you to call up one of your homies and shit like that. And it's like, yo, I don't want them to see the shit that I have to go like. You know, For real though, the grass is that grass is greener theory, and it's like you want to pull them from one shitty situation to another. Shit. It's all shit. Then they blame you. Yeah, <laughs> friendship lost. <laughs> well, friendship over <laughs> fatality. But uh, so the list goes on, and uh, so number one is. You're not a nice person to work for. Ain't it the fucking truth? Yeah, and it's really good, you know, and they go on to say Gordon Ramsay and all these other TV chefs have glorified yelling at your crew and this fucking meat is raw. That shit don't fly no more, man. It doesn't. People don't have to deal with you talking shit to them all day. One of our uh, one of our people in the studio right now is going through that situation. For real, Big Keith? You want to you <laughs> spit, spit, spit some hot fire on the microphone? Let's just say shit's complicated. <laughs> this ain't a fucking Facebook update, homie. This is a girl how long steak mister. You got that half slanted smiley face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got them low eyes. Uh, yeah, so that shit does not fly. You're not a nice person. Now, I don't know what kind of people put up with that shit, but I've never been 
And I've seen you too. I've seen you stand up to a chef before or two in my time. Uh, But I've never really had anybody come sideways ill at me. I usually try to do my job and stay on top of my shit. Uh, Sometimes I get a little cocky and bust an attitude, but uh, they usually pull me to the side. Uh, They don't never. And the last place I worked where I didn't didn't think the person was nice, they fired me. And I knew why they fired me. Yeah. And it's because I did not like him. He did not like me. We just didn't work well together. I agree. And he's not a nice person. And you know what? He just got fired. <laughs> I heard that. I totally heard that. But, you know, that's the, that's the way of the Sorry. world. Karma, karma's a beasy. But it's true. It's like when you work for somebody who doesn't have any respect for you, it's like, how are you going to give them respect No, back? and treat you like shit, yeah. man. They talk, the, you know, those days are over, man. You can't talk to people like that. I say that to people at... Uh, when I work in restaurants all the time, like um, it doesn't even matter if you're a boss. You just don't talk to people like that in general. Yeah, exactly. You don't talk to another human being in that in that fashion. And then if somebody comes back at you that same way and you flash, oh yeah, like what do you? Oh yeah, exactly. Like it's okay for you to do it, but you can't. You, you yeah. don't want to be stand up. So what are you teaching somebody not to have a backbone? Exactly. You're trying to so, break them all down. Yeah, and then uh, yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, it's that's the way it is. But number two is is a really really big one in the <laughs> kitchen, like so big. But uh, working with poor equipment, I I don't know if this, I, I I like. I mean, I I understand this, but I don't know if I agree with it. I agree with it. It's really tough. You know, like I'm not even going to say I've worked at a lot of restaurants and, you know, when you have that that six star burner range. Right. And then you have that low that lower oven. That's the first thing to go. And that's the last thing to get fixed. And it's the worst. It's like, how are you supposed to when you see your fish? You're like, I need to drop it in the box. Nope. Oh, let me go all the way across the line. to you the gotta oven. run in the back. <laughs> you got to run in the back just to drop the fish. It's not fair. But, you know, and it, I know, but if you are, I, I understand this when you, you know, when you work with poor equipment, you, it shouldn't really affect the quality of the food. Oh, no. But that, that's the thing is that it usually doesn't affect the quality we just of the talk, food. But we just talked about cope, camping on, I mean, uh, cooking on an open fire, man. You know, I that, mean, it's fun when you want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Not professionally. <laughs> no. But when you're getting paid to do something, you're expecting to have the tools to do your job, you know what I'm saying? That shit's expensive. That's though. like if imagine doc- if you owned a restaurant. Just though, imagine man. if a doctor didn't have a working X-ray machine, and he's like, "Oh, just sit underneath this shit and you, just." You better <laughs> bring in Gene Gray from the X-Men. <laughs> Check me out. Shit, we get real. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough one. Yeah, working with shitty equipment, it happens though. I but you know, and at the same time, I like it because it it turns us cooks into people who can think on the spot. That's right, and create on the fly, which is what we need to do to become chefs. That's so, right, man. I mean, I. I agree with that too. You got to be able to think on the fly and handle any situation, man. Uh, shit goes out in the middle of service. You best believe we're going to make it through that service oh, one yeah. way or another. If we got to go next door and use that pizza oven next door yes, to heat something up, it's going. It's getting done. We're Candles. Gonna, yeah, whatever, <laughs> dude. Make it happen. A good uh, a good reference for that is Cutthroat Kitchen. Oh, dude, that show is ridiculous. But yeah, that I mean, this is one of the good points. Uh, work with poor equipment. They work with poor equipment. Yeah. Or no equipment. Best part of that is knives, too, man. Yeah. You got some shitty knives. I hate it. I hate it when someone's like, hey, can I use your knife? No. Nope. Like, no. And they're like, why not? And you're like, I saw your knives. And you don't take care of your they shit. They can't even cut Or you're going to borrow and they drop that shit on the ground. Oh, bro. No, son. Goner. All right, yeah. <sighs> well, next kind of flows into number two because it has to do with shitty equipment, shitty workers. You know what I'm saying? Number three? Number three of shit is poor workers. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you have to put up with poor performers, uh, all yeah. day. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going through that 
Uh, I'm dealing with that situation right now. It's tough. Uh, everybody else in your staff has to pick up the slack. Well, it's like all these people, they, they look good during the interview. I've done it. I've hired. You remember that one dude I hired when we worked together? <laughs> your boy. The, Sun- the Sunesian? Uh, I just ran into him the other day. Yeah. What do we call him? Oh, uh, from Scorpion King. Oh, we call him uh, Imhotep. <laughs> and he was, yeah, he looked good on paper, but he was misogynist. He was racist as hell. And angry. He was dirty and he couldn't cook for shit. For nothing. And they keep they keep people on because they need a body. Yeah. Uh, and until they can find somebody to replace that, they're just going to put up with racist remarks. Well, yeah. And it's a way that it, that like the sous chefs can get a day off so they're not there every single day, yeah. which is a shitty situation because you shouldn't have to do that. But that full spit on the floor online. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Your boy hocked a loogie. We fired him and then he came back to get the job. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry that I was disrespectful and a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, you just got to go. Uh, but. They yeah, I, you got to put up with it, man. You got to put up for it for a little bit, and also, it, but it speaks a lot to it shows your employers or your chef a lot who the good people are when you're willing to put up with other people's uh, poor performances and help them out um, because they 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 notice yeah they and they're trying they want to get rid of them but you just you know you got to find a reason you don't want them collecting up that all that unemployment that's for sure so yeah. You just got to make sure that uh, if you are hiring, that you're hiring at the right time. Summertime, you know, is the best time. So just wait. <laughs> yeah. But uh, on to number four, um, no growth, which is a it's a really important one because this one is talking about millennials, which is a word that I hate so fucking much. But you are a millennial. Yeah. Aren't you a millennial, too? Yeah. Technically, I guess. I thought I was like one of the last years of Generation X. It says 1980 to 1995. Exactly. But then they said they said I was Generation X. But then they said I'm Generation Y. Now they're (laughs) saying I'm a millennial. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, well, the article talks about how millennials ranging from 1980 to 1995 um, crave opportunity. They love technology and they they need flexible hours. Um, I don't really agree with these points, considering the fact that they consider me a millennial. Um, <laughs> you need a flexible hours. Dog? I don't need flexible. You got to go to raves and stuff, man. No. Those big festivals. <laughs> right. No, I'm like flexible hours. Just make sure I'm paid right. And then we're good to go. Yeah, I'm down to bust my ass if you're paying me correctly. Yeah, exactly. Man. All, all day. And the whole love of technology, um, maybe for like the front of house staff, but I know all my kitchen staff, as soon as you put a computer in front of them and you're like, hey, will you go into hot schedules and find your schedule? <laughs> I love hot schedules. They're though. like, what? I know. It took us forever. Remember when yeah. we first started using hot schedules? Oh, yeah. everyone's it like, took us what? forever to set it up. But once we got it set up, it was bomb. I mean, it's it linked up to your like your calendar and stuff and showed you the fucked up part about that was you had no excuse to yeah. not know your schedule because it linked up with yeah. your schedule Everything. and they would go and update it and change it on you. I know. And Isn't that fucked up when you make plans like next week? <laughs> they give you the email too and you're like, wait, I got to log into my account and figure all this shit out. It's just that I'm dealing with this stuff right now because they have me doing daily recon. So you have to put in the number of checks that you use every day and so that the accountant knows what's going in and out of the the bank account. Um, and they're like, oh, you just have to open up Google Drive and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means 
or yeah. where that is. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the opportunity for growth, you know, it's there, and that's what they're doing with all the new technology. Is that they don't need you. They don't need to train you to take care of numbers, and they don't need to train you to do this and that. You just they they want a workhorse. Yeah, that's true. And that's all they need a body, like I said. Yeah, and that's when you get the the titles with no pay. You know the suit, the, <laughs> the, the demi. Suit. We've all been there. Yeah, junior junior suit. suit. Yeah, it's like you know what I'm saying. You get that title, and you feel like you're moving up in the world, which technically you are. But they're they feel like they're paying you with experience. Yeah, that's true, and and that's more that's respect. Experience know. doesn't buy me a new pair of tennis shoes it doesn't i'm saying i'm trying to go watch uh guns and roses but experience will get you to that next floor you know it will so all right yeah no growth that sucks but whatever go find a new job right and the last one is uh is one that i always like to make sure that i do when i'm at in the kitchen me but too is, um the fifth one is don't appreciate so i try to make sure that i do appreciate yeah, uh, it, it really, yeah, thank you goes a long way. So simple. Uh, please goes a long way, right? too. Uh, I, I'm i not even a really a boss at my job, uh, but I always try to motivate people and tell them they're doing a good job. I even tell my owners at my work that I appreciate them. I told totally. her I told her yesterday, shout out Hannah, <laughs> I said I really appreciate uh, coming downstairs and seeing you down here in this hot, hot basement. So hot. <laughs> working hard, you know, it's nice to see the owners there, yeah. uh, which doesn't happen a lot. Um, so I do appreciate people when they bust their ass. Now I will not show you any love if, if you're not, if you're not busting your ass. And I think there's some people at my job that really feel it. I'm still polite to them. Uh, and I get along with them, but it also sucks when I'm covering their stuff as in what was that? Number three. Yeah, poor, uh, workers. poor poor workers, man. Poor it really and half ass, half ass jobs, man. Taking them corners, yeah, cutting corners, not good. So yeah, always appreciate, say thank you, say please. You know, and I try to do it, especially like when you're in the middle of the rush, you know, and your guys are feeling like you're yelling at them. You're like, get this fucking food on a plate and get it out the window. And they're like, oh, why is he being such an asshole? You know, you make, get, make sure you're like, hey, we got this. You're killing it. You're motherfucking right. beasts. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's what I always say. I'm like, man, we're God on God damn, son, you're a, you're a star. You're a star. What are, what are you doing here? You should be behind uh, Top Chef, bro. <laughs> Pump, pumping up, filling them up full of gas. You dog. know what I'm saying? And that'll get them through, you know? Dude, I mean, th- dude, fake it till you make it, man. If they believe, man, they'll move faster. It's so fast. Is is that is that you saying bold over there? Exactly. God, so quick, homie. I always like to I always like to yell at my cooks and let them and tell them that we're behind. And I'm like, guys, we gotta get this ticket out. We're ten <laughs> minutes behind. And then they look at the tickets Lying. and they're like, wait, we're five minutes ahead. And they're like, yeah, I know. But if we keep this pace, then we just killed this brunch. Now that's something that I need to do. I I, I try. I I really get down when people aren't doing their jobs or we fall really really behind. Mm-hmm. And they and they know. And they just don't do anything about it. They keep moving at the same pace. Yeah, that's annoying. And I'm just like, well, I shouldn't have to say anything. What You know this. Some people just live that life of just, you know, Tortuga. <laughs> Grande Tortuga. Grande Tortuga. <laughs> A.K.A. Bobby Stills. <laughs> All right. Uh, I like that list. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, we're going to move on to that... Uh, IOW baby. Choo 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 choo. Uh. <laughs> All right, uh, Johnny, uh, what do we got for ingredient of the week? Ingredient of the week is quince. Uh, why did you pick quince, sir? Um, because it's getting into season. I saw it at the store the other day. Um, it always gets me excited because you can do a lot with it. You know, 
That's fun. Um, what I'm doing with Quince is making a mustarda. Okay. Do you want to explain what that is? A mustarda is basically like candied fruit with um, whole grain mustard. It's delicious. And it's really good on your cheese plates, your charcuterie. What I'm making is also good with charcuterie yeah, and cheese you know? plate. And that's the best thing. That's the thing about fruit is that it should go with cheese. As soon as you told me you were doing a mustard, I was like, this motherfucker here. All right, fine. I got something for you. I got something to match you, dog. <laughs> going back to back. Uh, but uh, so what we got, what I got is quince mustarda. And what you will do is you'll take three whole quince and you'll dice them. First, you want to take them seeds out, though. They got little seeds like apples. Um, so you take those seeds out and dice them. And then you'll put it in a pot with one cup of sugar. Azucarda Blanco, as I like to call it. Um <laughs> And two and a half cups of water. And why you're going to use all that water is because you're going to want to cook down the quince until it's nice and soft. And then it's going to candy right at the end once all that water evaporates. Once you get it down to a nice, um, you know, gooey consistency where it's everything's tender, uh, you're going to add in a little bit of clove, some star anise and a half the cinnamon stick. And just get that in there just for a second, just to give it a little bit of flavor. Um, pull those things out and add in some whole grain mustard. Mix it up and cool it down. Serve it. Quinell that shit. <laughs> Quinell that shit, homie. Get a nice little spoon. Yeah. Nice and warm. Floop, floop. All right. Mine is a pretty similar to Johnny's, but I'm going to say better than Johnny's. Hater. Uh, you, now, you've never you've never done this. No, I haven't, actually. Uh, it's pretty dope. Uh, I can't remember who showed me this or when I did it, but it's a pretty cool trick. Um, it is known as quince cheese, quince paste, or membrillo. Membrillo. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I learned it as quince cheese. Um, Explain. Well, I'm going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> Um, so what you're going to need is you're going to need uh, to wash and core about around four pounds of quince or met, that's around about eight uh, quinces. Okay. Uh, you're going to need one vanilla pod, uh, two whole lemons that are zested, uh, four tablespoons of lemon juice and around four cups of sugar. And I say around four cups because you'll understand why. So first you're going to want to dice up those uh, quince. You're going to want to cover them in water. Uh, you're going to want to add uh, the, you're going to slice open the vanilla pod, toss it in there in the water, toss in the lemon zest. You want to bring that into a boil. You're going to let that simmer for about 30 to 40 minutes mm -hmm. or until, um, just until the quince is uh, tender with a fork. No, poke right through with no resistance. Um, you're going to want to strain off that water and discard the vanilla pod. Uh, you're going to want to throw it into, throw the, lemon zest and the quince into a, a food processor um, and you're going to add an even amount of sugar. So the same amount of quince you have, measure it off once you puree it and add an even amount of sugar, put that into a saucepan or whatever. Uh, you're going to heat it up, get that sugar dissolved. You're going to want to add your lemon juice to it, your four tablespoons of uh, lemon juice. And you're going to cook that on low for about an hour and a half until it turns a really deep, 
deep, like almost blood red. Yeah, I saw that color on the. Yeah, um, and then you're gonna want to take a Pyrex, maybe like an eight by eight, some something kind of shallow mm-hmm. uh, Pyrex dish, and you want to line it with parchment paper, um, not wax paper. It's gonna catch on fire. You're gonna put it in the oven. Uh, so line it. You can add butter to it. You can whatever. Just get it nice Vangeline. and yeah, lubed up. Um, and you're gonna want to cook that. Oh, my headphones went out. You're going to want to cook that for about uh, an hour at 125 degrees. It's going to help it dry, get some of that, that moisture that's left, yeah. uh, residual moisture that's left in there. Nice and slow. Uh, and then you're going to pull it out, let it cool um, at room temperature, and then put it in the fridge. And it's going to be kind of like a gelatinous kind of soft. Kind of like Turkish Delight? Mm. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, you cut it into cubes. Looks like little cubes of cheese, deep red cubes of cheese. And you can serve that with some manchego. It is delicious. Some <laughs> I like toast- how you have a specific. Toasted almonds. That, that's what I served it with. Oh, for sure. So, uh, Sounds good. I'm, I'm going to have to try it. I'm going to say I won my uh, charcuterie uh, side today. That's cool. You lost all the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's winning. What? Who's keeping score? The viewers. The, I mean, the listeners. The listeners. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 28. I want to thank uh, Studio 212 for uh, hosting us here, having us here. I want to thank the Soundcasting Network for uh, its continued uh, service to us by hosting us and uh, its support. I want to thank Keith for recording us. Thank you. Johnny, thank you uh, for coming in here and putting in that work. Always. I think we're starting to get a little bit better. I think so. I don't know. I'm feeling it. I don't know. I think I'm done with you. <laughs> this is actually <laughs> it's over. Uh, yeah, and uh, you can get at us on our social media. It's gonna be grow how long take Mister on Facebook and Instagram. Our Instagram will be popping off. It's it's looking good. Our Twitter's not popping off. That is at how long steak Mister. Twitter, I don't know. Once again, man, I'm getting a little couple more emails, just some little questions and stuff. Mostly people be private messaging us on Facebook but uh, our uh, Gmail account is grow how long stick mr that's mr mr mm-hmm. and uh, that about does it anything else Johnny nope everybody have a great week see you next time holla back grill how long stick mr five minutes out eat a dick bitch <laughs> <laughs>